From the brink time, I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us shortly. It is Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but, uh, you know, it's it's the day after Monday and the day before Wednesday. So, yay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's lots going on in the world today. Uh, my beloved Lakers play again later this evening. They hope to uh, bounce back after their defeat on Sunday against the Phoenix Suns. Um, was kind of a rough-and-tumble game on uh, on Sunday. The team's um, a lot of banging and pushing and shoving and, and a few technical uh, technical fouls. Mm, excuse me. Um, a few technical fouls out there. So, uh, yeah, we'll hope that they uh, kind of find a way to... Um, smooth over that but you know what i honestly there's too much huggy loviness going on in the nba uh i think that you know when your competitors i I like to see a little fight in you not necessarily literally a fight because i think that's that's you know inappropriate unprofessional i don't necessarily need to see a um uh an actual fight but uh but I like to see that rough and tumble. You know, that shows you the guys really care. They want to win. They're out there, and you know, while you're playing, we can be friendly, but you're not necessarily my buddy. Um, <clears throat> I know back in the day when uh, Magic and Bird were playing, Bird was always that way. You know, uh, he was like, you know, I can't be your friend and, and and try to beat you at the same time. And Magic was more of the, hey, we're having a good time. We can play hard and and care a lot. But, you know, there was times when Ma- when Magic, you know, wanted to stomp on you, too. So, um, you know, I think you got to find a happy medium there. You can't just be like, let's hug it out all the time. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll see how it all ends up, how it plays out. Let's see what's going on with um, hockey. Yeah, there are hockey stuff. So, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, is it uh, New York beats Pittsburgh 3-2 to two yesterday? Uh, Toronto beats Montreal two to one. Florida beats Tampa Bay four to one. Um, let's see. The uh, New York leads the series three to two against Pittsburgh. Toronto leads the series two to one against. Uh, um, uh, what is that? Is that Chicago? Toronto Maple Leafs? No, it's the Maple Leafs. It's the Montreal. Um, uh, and uh, Tampa Bay is leading three to two over Florida. Um, Winnipeg has taken the series over Edmonton for nothing, and uh, Las Vegas leads the series three to two over Minnesota. Although they lost to Minnesota yesterday, um, four to two. So uh, you know, got those series still going. You know, I um, I enjoy hockey when it gets to the to the Stanley Cup, but prior to that, I'm not a huge fan. So I will admit to not not uh, staying on top of that as well as I could at times, just because of my predilection to prefer, uh, you know, my preferred sport. And so, um, you know, I, I watch, uh, the NFL and I watch the uh, basketball. And then when it comes to, uh, baseball and to, uh, hockey and soccer, you know, I'm aware of what's going on. I, I keep an eye on it. I'm, you know, a Dodger fan and peripherally an angel fan. Um, but, uh, 
you know, so I, I know where the teams are kind of through the year. I don't spend a lot of time watching the games. But then when they get to uh, finals, then I pay more attention. When they get to the playoffs, I kind of see what's going on with them a little bit more. So, um, But when it comes to hockey, I don't even have a team. Although it's funny because the very first professional game that I ever went to go see was a hockey game um, when I was a kid. Um, I think it was a group of dads and their and their kids from uh, Indian Guides, the YMCA Indian Guides, uh, went and watched a hockey game. And uh, I remember being very excited about it, but it was hard to keep track of what was going on because I had not really paid attention to hockey. I didn't play hockey as a kid. In fact, I can't even stand up on skates. And so, you know, the puck was moving very fast and very often I couldn't even see where the puck was. So it was not clear to me why these guys were skating this way or that way. Um, you know, until I kind of got into the flow of the game and kind of figured it out. And then, then it was like, oh, okay, I get this. I see what's going on there. But I was pretty young at that time. I think I was, um, you know, maybe first or second grade. And so, uh, you know, if you don't grow up around the game and, and you know, you only watch it occasionally, it's, it's not necessarily your thing. Um, you know, I did play um, – peewee football and I did play basketball and I played baseball too I mean I know baseball and played baseball and so I enjoy baseball um, and then when I got into high school switched to the aquatic sports so water polo and swimming but you know if you look at it basketball hockey water polo polo on horses for that matter um, uh, they're all the same game it's it's you know our group is trying to put the ball through the hoop or net um, that you're protecting and you're trying to put it through the hoop or net that we're protecting and the rules just vary as to the size of the ball and how you're allowed to, you know, touch it and move it and handle it, right? And so, um, but the but the basic game is pretty, pretty basic. It's soccer, you know. It's it's it's, you know, we face you, you face us, and 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 we, you know, protect our goal and and try to put things into your goal. And uh, um, you know, it's about as basic a human sport as, as you can get, other than perhaps just the the, the running, you know, track running. And throwing and, and uh, swimming races, you know. So here's Aaron. Hello. Hello, hello. So I just kind of went through some of the sports ball stuff that's going on uh, and talked a little bit about hockey and and I uh, read through the standings here uh, or the the playoff games that are going on, you know. Um, and hockey's one of those weird sports for me. It was actually the very first. Um, uh, professional game that I'd ever gone and seen. I went with my Y Indian guides when I was like in first or second grade. My dad and I went with a group uh, in Ohio to go watch a game, I think down in Cincinnati. And um, I just remember, I mean, I can't even stand up on skates and I didn't grow up around hockey and skating. So, you know, it's just, I don't have a huge affinity for the game. And yet, if you think about it, hockey, basketball, water polo, polo on horses, soccer they're all the same game it's you know it's it's your team faces my team and we defend the goal that's behind us and we try to put whatever it is that we have a ball or a puck or whatever into the goal that you're defending um you know the only thing that varies is the surface and the specific rules about how you can handle the ball and move with the ball or the puck or whatever yes it's true you know well in football it's not that different i mean we there's a there's a line on the grass versus a, a basket or a goal but, exactly. You know, it's still the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Two people facing off and, and or two two teams facing off and trying to, you know, protect their goal line and, and and 
cross the goal line at the other end. You're right. It's a, a line instead of a net, but it's it's essentially the same thing. You know, rugby. They're all they're all very much the same. Baseball is the one that's kind of kind of different. You know, and I did play pee wee so, football and basketball when I was little, um, and uh, and I played baseball too for a lot of years, but then switched to aquatic sports as I got into high school. So, I uh, there's something that I'm very sad about that I need to talk about. Mm-hmm. The uh, um, uh, the diner that is uh, was very close to the radio station has closed. Oh no! Yeah, Terry's Diner is no more in Redlands. So I'm, I'm, I'm mourning, although, you know, I'm not tortured coming out of the radio station anymore with the smell of bacon. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sad. You know, I hate it when that there are, that there are restaurants that didn't make it, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, some of them thrived and their, their, their takeout business and their, their mm-hmm. delivery business was, was chugging. Yeah. But um, some of them didn't make it and they just made the decision that, that, it wasn't worth it to they to 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 keep it open. It didn't make sense to keep it open, and they closed. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you, you you'd think that maybe we're sort of coming out of it on the back end, but there's still going to be more, uh, you know, companies, restaurants, and small shops and things like that, mom and pop shops or family owned businesses that are are still struggling, you know, because even though we're kind of coming out of it, it doesn't mean that people are going back into their businesses. You know, I wonder how many people's habits have changed as a result of COVID as well. And so they're not going to go back to certain places or, you know, certain things. Well, they were a newer restaurant in Mm -hmm. Redlands and they were, you know, in the, uh, the Tri-City Shopping Center, which gets a lot of traffic, but it's not, uh, it's not in the, the Citrus Plaza, which is, you know, kind of the largest, Citrus Plaza, Mountain right. Grove Plaza, which are sandwiched up against each other, which gets a lot of traffic. And so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the, the restaurants that have done especially well are um, uh, are the ones that that had been around for a while. So they had a following. Right. I mean, we talked about how Ancho's mm-hmm. did well, you know, but Ancho's has been there for how many years? At least 25. Right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, they've had over they had their 31st anniversary, I think, this last year. They yeah, um, yeah their their anniversaries in November. Because I go there a lot. <laughs> you know? um, and they're not in a great location. They're kind no. of tucked away. But yeah. their food is so good, and they've been there so long that people know about them, yeah. right? I, I, yeah, exactly. I think you know they're successful because their food, people will go out of their way to get there. Uh, I remember one time uh, with my swim team coming back from CIF at, at Riverside City College, and we're heading back towards Orange County. And we went to, they, we had stopped at a restaurant uh, right there at the Tyler Mall thinking, hey, we can, you know, get some dinner as a team before we head back home. And the wait was going to be like two hours. And I said, well, hey, there's a place just down the street that I go to called Ancho's. And like three different families, their faces lit up and went, oh, that's right. Ancho's is right here. We should go there. And they knew about <laughs> it, you know. And it's like, well, if people in Orange County know about Ancho's off of Hole. You know, it's, yes. you know, three miles from the freeway, then, uh, yeah, that's a good thing. But they're, um, yeah, you know, it's, you know, they, they always talk about location, location, location. Um, in the restaurant business, location is important. Really good food's more important. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I wonder, as they were starting up, now there used to be um, like a county office building in that same parking lot, and I don't know if there still is, but mm-hmm. um, uh that you know i wonder if they did catering or they did lots of events to put their food out there so people could taste it because once you've tasted food that yeah. good you're going to drive a little farther you know past the chain yeah. restaurants to go to anchos 
Well, sort of, sort of like the the smell of bacon wafting across the parking lot um, there by the radio station. Anchos is uh, everything is mesquite fire grilled, so it's so there's always the smell of that you know intense mesquite grilled smell uh, wafting from the building, depending on which way the wind's blowing. And I think that's as good advertising as anything else, <laughs> quite honest. Um, you're like driving so, with your head out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, everybody okay, looks like from? looks like big, you know, floppy-eared dogs with all of our, you know, drooling as our tongues are hanging out. Um, yeah, you know, in all the years that I've been going there, that that little mall when I first started, I think there was a few little stores in there, but whatever had been the anchor store, grocery store, whatever thing had been long gone even then. Um, and then the I think the entire strip mall was taken over by the the county, and it was like a county um, uh, services. Um, goes on there and i believe that's still there i think they still use that space for yeah. that but uh, i think it, at one time there was a daycare center there too like a preschool uh-huh. or daycare center or something over there yeah um, yeah but so, i'm always there in the evening so those are closed anyway you know because i go over there for yeah. dinner or once in a while i've been there for lunch but i don't remember the parking lot ever being like packed um other than packed around the store <laughs> around around the right. uh, around the restaurant you know the rest of the parking lot's usually fairly sparsely populated but uh, but yeah you know it's it's just you know it's sad to hear another another business um not making it so So if you really like the food at terry's diner they are the same people who own dj's uh dj's is in san bernardino and alta loma and their food is very good so that's good um, to know you know you can still they just they just gave up the one location as far as i know dj's is still open Mm -hmm. yeah Hey, now we've talked about uh, Ted Lasso before. Have you you watched Ted Lasso? Oh, yeah. I love that show. I do too. You know that uh, uh, Hannah Waddingham, the uh, who plays the owner of the team, was uh, fa- played a fairly uh, high profile p- uh, part in Game of Thrones. Do you remember her in Game of Thrones? Uh, I didn't. No. I didn't. So she played Yunella, who was the um, the uh, kind of cult follower leader of the of the High Sparrow. She was the woman, and the reason you oh remember is because she wore this God. like complete garment that covered everything except for her face. And, and she she's had the one who brown hair. Yeah, well, and you didn't even see it; it was hidden uh, under under a under you know her her frock. But um, she is the one who, when she marched, she tortured Cersei Lannister and then marched her through the streets naked saying, shame, shame. She was, and and then of course, Cersei, when she got back into power, kind of turned the tables. And the last we saw of her is she was being locked away with the mountain who was torturing her. Yes. Um, Yeah. So she's talked a little bit about that. And she said that that last scene was her worst day because they were basically 10 hours filming, which essentially was a water torture scene. And she said it was miserable. Oh, I bet it was the worst. Apparently. Oh, go ahead. Did not recognize her. Me neither. Not at all. Wow. Originally. Yeah. Originally, the scene was supposed to be her being raped by the mountain. But apparently they had gotten a lot of really negative feedback um, in earlier in the um, uh, in the series um, about one of the other characters being raped, and so they decided to to just leave it to uh, to torture in everybody's imagination because uh, you know Sansa was uh, raped at one point, and so they chose not to go By with Ramsey. it. Yeah, and so they they kind of backed away from it, but. Uh, 
because uh, they got pretty negative feedback about that scene. Of course, the, you know, they're going off source material from the books, right? Right. But, uh, um, so, you know, she was basically strapped to a big wooden table uh, for, for the most part of 10 hours. And she said, other than childbirth, it was the worst day of my life. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in childbirth, when that's over, you get a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she got a nice fat check when this was over, I'm sure. Yeah, I but think uh, I'd still rather have the baby. <laughs> <laughs> She says she remembers that uh, the director uh, uh, came over to her and uh, with a cup of tea and a sandwich and said, Hi, honey, are you all right? And she goes, No, not really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, so, somebody said, Yeah, the crew have been saying that we're actually really waterboarding you here. And she goes, Yeah, yeah, I didn't need you to tell me that. <laughs> Yeah, she said it was pretty awful. Uh, yeah, and 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 you know there was a lot of like her screaming right as the so I imagine her her throat was sore. I mean, it's like you know, it's like can't we get this in one take so we can get out of here? Apparently, yeah. it took. She or said it was ten hours that entire day. Putting out of the loop. Yeah, you know? it was ten hours. Yeah, exactly. It was like you know, I'll give you one really really good scream uh, or, or a set of screaming, and then we're done. She said basically it was like ten hours of filming that day for what ended up being about thirty seconds on on camera or on film oh. that was used. Oh. Yeah, in the show. So uh, that's awful. Yeah, she says that I didn't even realize it, but that it kind of gave me claustrophobia around the idea of being in the water, and she didn't even realize it till she watched it back. But uh, she says, yeah, it's uh, it's I'm actually really, you know, having some ongoing distress about that, that whole experience. Yeah. From filming. And I was like, wow. Um, but she certainly has a different role now in Ted Lasso, which I, I got to imagine is a lot less fun and a lot less waterboarding. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's funny because they show a scene here of her um, with uh, uh, Lena Headley, um, who played Cersei. And it's like, yep, that's her. You know, she, you know, you just, but all you see is her face and she's wearing the drab gray clothing and, and, uh, you know, playing a fanatic basically. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. You know, we guess when you're an actor, you know, you jump from a, a, a fantasy world to, uh, to owning a football team to whatever else comes up next. That's you know? right. You can be, you can be whoever you, you are in, in a particular role. You can be anybody you want to be. That's right. Or anybody they'll pay you to be, right? Somebody who's Indeed. pitching, you know, butter replacement is the best tasting stuff ever. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I've been watching this documentary um, mm -hmm. called The Crime of the Century on HBO Max, mm. which is, uh, it's, it, and, and I've watched other documentaries about the opioid crisis, but this one dives a little deeper into, um, like, into uh, what happened on a policy standpoint. And, you know, kind of what the the companies did and they they, right. they show it's not only Purdue and the Sackler company, there's other companies as well. Sure. And one of them, Insys, which, which um, sold a fentanyl lollipop, they oh, interviewed geez. the um, which was fine. If you're dying of cancer, that's what you need. It's it's right. It's a it's that's how it was delivered. It, you know, it's mm -hmm. uh, goes against the your cheek um, and it's for it's for end of life breakthrough pain because you're dying of cancer. Right. And which makes total sense. Um, and they, but they, uh, and that's what the FDA approved this, this, um, 
this lollipop. I think it, I think it's called Insys, um, or maybe that was the name of the company. Anyway, it um, they they interviewed their director of sales, who's an absolute freaking sociopath, as he's <laughs> talking about convincing doctors to hand it out like candy. And, you know, completely just thinking about his money and, you know, how can he have the win and how can he. And, and I'm like, dude, people are dying. You. Yeah. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? you yeah. Know? Yeah. You wonder what's going through their mind at times. Right. You know, it's like obviously. Well, it's obvious that they, they all it is is, you know, a cha-ching. It's change in their pocket. Right. It's like this yes. is a win, you know, and uh, and and lots and lots of people died as and a result was, of. There was no remorse. He was laughing about it. He thought it was great. He was winning. I, I mean, the guy must be a sociopath because, yeah. you know, when there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people dying uh, because of these overdose of this mm -hmm. overdosing on this stuff. And he's just giddy as all hell about his sales. Yeah. It almost makes you, you know, you, you think it's like uh, you want them to be afflicted with the same kind of thing that happened with the uh, um, uh, Winchester uh, widow. Right. Where you, yes. you would you would you would wish that upon somebody. Right. Like that. It's like, may you come to believe that the ghosts of all the people who, who died using your product um, because of your efforts and sales haunt you forever. You know, because yes. um, uh, you've earned it. <laughs> you know. Yes. And, and and that's a terrible thing to say. It really is. But, you know, when somebody is that glib about, um, you know, the fact that they're they, they've proudly sold a product that is being being used in ways that are killing people. Yes. Um, yes. There's something in wrong with that them. It wasn't intended. It was the FDA right. approved it for a specific purpose. And he convinced doctors um, mm -hmm. to offer it in other ways. And of course, there's a lot of unscrupulous doctors. They're the ones who were writing the scripts. But this guy, I mean, if yeah. that had been me, I would have been like, I had no idea. We were told whatever, whatever. But I wouldn't be in that position in the first place because I never would have done it in the first place. Right. You know, the thought that, that people were abusing this drug that I was telling everybody was perfectly fine um, and they were yeah. dying. And, they, and you couldn't deny it. They were dying everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, not like no, you could look the other way. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's like, OK, even if there was science that said that, that these new formulations were somehow safe and non-addictive, that quickly was proven to be not the case. And instead of going, hey, wait a minute, we've got a product that we've got a problem with. They said, hey, we've got a product that people keep wanting. Let's sell more of it. Yes. You know, and that's yes. that's that reaction is the part that they need to be held accountable for. Yes. Is the hey, you know, we've we've got a problem that people seem to be addicted to. Let's sell lots of this stuff. This right. is a cash I cow. Mean, exactly. That makes them the cartel. That and there's not even another word for it. They are they yeah. are in the same boat as um, El Chapo, the same boat as um, uh, no, they were know, competitors. The Mexican cartels. Exactly. They're competitors to those Mexican cartels. Yeah. Yeah. At least the cartels were honest about who they were. Yeah. Yeah, there was no there was no uh doubt that they um, you know, that they knew what they were doing and were and, and were doing it. Um yeah, these these American corporations were doing the exact same thing. I think that's a really straight line explanation, which makes a lot of sense. So it's a, so, it's a good documentary. I think everybody should watch it. Um Yeah. You, know. you said you you've been watching it's it's a multi-part thing. It's two, but they're mm -hmm. they're two long um segments. 
Uh, and so I'm, I did not finish all of the second one. Okay. So, and, and the uh, title again? Is Crime of the Century. Crime of the Century. So It's um, on HBO Max. Worth a watch. Definitely. Speaking of watching people, um, you know, Kevin Spacey was sort of uh, canceled from Hollywood. In fact, he was taken out of a movie that he had already put in the can because of the um, multiple accusations of, of inappropriate uh, sexual behavior with with people um, over the last, you know, over apparently over his whole career. He's going back quite a few years. Um, but apparently somebody has uh, offered him a new role in a movie. Um, uh, Variety is reporting that um, uh, The Man Who Drew God, which is being directed by Franco Nero and will star Nero's wife, Vanessa Vanessa Redgrave, um, about a blind artist, um, will uh, he will get a small role in that. Um, he plays a cop investigating accusations of child abuse against the artist, which seems <laughs> a little, little close to home. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Franco Nero wow. says that he's happy that Kevin has agreed to participate in the film, as if Kevin's had lots of other options recently. Um, but uh, he goes on to say, I consider him a great actor and can't wait to to start the movie. Um, Spacey has not made any comments on the on the development or whether what he's doing but uh but franco nero has come out and said that uh you know he's offered him the role and he's accepted it so uh yeah um hmm yeah hmm, is right i hmm. i don't know i i spacey is a good actor but i can't see him as anything but you know smarmy and disgusting now yeah yeah well, and you know, to be honest, I, you know, there, there were. I know there were a lot of allegations of sexual abuse. I don't know. Did, I mean, did anything go to trial? Was there any actual? If, if so, apparently he wasn't convicted because he's now. I mean, he's out and available to to act. I, I don't know what the. I don't know the details. I guess is what I'm saying. And so I'm, while while there seem to be quite a few allegations, and they seem to be, um, seem to be valid. If they weren't you know, looked into in a structured way through a court or something that I, I hesitant to say, destroy a guy's career, you know? Yep. I mean, it's, it's not like, um, uh, shoot, what's the name of the, um, the actor who was convicted of, of raping a, you know, what was that she was like Roman a 15 year old? Yeah. Roman Polanski and then fled the country. I mean that, you know, I mean, okay. Yeah. He was convicted. That actually went through, through the courts and before he could be, um, char or before he could be sentenced, you know, he fled the country and has basically then been on the lamb outside the United States, making sure that he lived in places where they would not send him back to the United States. Um, in fact, he was temporarily, I think in Switzerland a couple of years ago and, uh, they held him for a period of time, threatening to send him back to the United States because he went. He was visiting somebody in Switzerland or something, and uh, ended up ultimately not doing that and letting him go back to uh, so, I think France is where he's living. So in uh, October 29, twenty seventeen, um, mm -hmm. Anthony Rapp alleged that Spacey, while appearing intoxicated, made a sexual advance towards him in nineteen eighty six uh, when Rapp was fourteen. And Spacey was 26. Uh, Rapp also shared the story in a uh, 2001 interview with The Advocate, but Spacey's name was redacted from publication to avoid legal disputes and public outing, because Spacey wasn't out at that point. 
Um, Spacey uh, stated through Twitter that he did not remember the encounter, but that he owed Rapp the sincerest apology for what would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior. So then 15 others came forward alleging, alleging similar abuse, including Boston anchorwoman Heather Unruh, who alleged that Spacey sexually assaulted her son, filmmaker Tony Montana, actor Roberto uh, Cavazos, Richard Dreyfus's son, Harry, and eight people who worked on House of Cards. Uh, the Guardian was contacted by a number of people, quote unquote, who alleged, who alleged that Spacey groped and behaved in an inappropriate way with young men. So, um, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of smoke. Um, yeah. But the, I don't think that I'm not seeing that he went to um, that he went to that he there was any trial about it. Because, you know, like, you know right. some of these are just sexual misconduct, but they're. Yeah. So I mean, there's it's you know, it's it's one thing to, you know, attack somebody and 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 force yourself on them. It's another thing to put your hands where they're not wanted. Um you know, and I, I mean, not that I'm a, ever, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a father of daughters and, and would never say that it's OK to put your hands where they're not wanted. But there was a time in our society when you would get, you know, slapped and be done with it. Right. And, yes. and now now it's like not only am I going to get you, but I'm going to wait and wait and wait and then I'm going to you know get you later and trash you you know so i'm i i and and i'm and i'm like i said i'm not forgiving bad behavior absolutely not um because you know if if, but some of that sounds like okay it was just sort of unwanted advances others sound like others sound sound sexual assault right and and you know again you i I don't know. It feels almost smarmy asking somebody this, but you know, it's like, well, what does that mean to you? What, what actually happened? What, you know, because I could see somebody saying, you know, if, if I, you know, a guy walked by and put his hands on, on, you know, a woman's chest, is that sexual assault or is that a drunken guy groping? And again, this was him, yeah, young men that women, he was groping. Men. Right. I know in this case it's men, but I'm just, you know, saying in general, you know, yes. I, I I don't know where the line is drawn. I guess, and and too too often it's like, well, the line is drawn whether based on the how the person who who got uh, touched or assaulted feels, and it's like that's not a good way to draw a line. No, it's not. You know, that's not a good way to draw a line on how people feel. That's way too ethereal for me. Um, you know, and but that's that's how it boils down. I you know I'll never forget one time when I was sitting in a one of those corporate, you know, HR things where they're telling you what's going on or how things are. And they talked about, um, uh, um, the, and I guess California has since changed their laws, but at one time in California, if you felt stressed at work, then you could basically go out on disability for stress because it was how you felt. And there really wasn't much that they could do. Oh, you still can do that. You You can still do that. I know somebody who did that. She was out for six, eight weeks. Mm-hmm. She was out on stress leave. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. I mean, and, and I'm not saying that that isn't an issue, that there are issues that where you're stressed and you need a break. But, you know, if it's, if, if, if something's based on just how somebody feels, that means that somebody's going to, and here I'm air quoting, feel that way when they want a break, you know, if they, they, they'll manipulate the system. And so how you feel about stuff, your emotional state sometimes is, is just, it's a real it's a um, dangerous path to go down as far as defining. It's very subjective. Right. Things for, you know, and, and so, you know, and if you're not requiring a third party to to um, 
uh, evaluate somebody. But even then, I think, you know, you'd probably be able to find a, 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 you know, a psychologist who'd be willing to say, yeah, you're stressed if you came in and said you're stressed, right? So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's a, a good answer to that because, you know, because I know there are some workplaces where, yeah, I'd be stressed. I wouldn't want to work there. I'd quit. You know, but, but uh, you know, some people would rather say I'm stressed and get paid for it for a while before they quit, I guess. I don't know. Well, things that are stressing other people out, um, uh, Texas legislators um, on Monday have uh, basically made it legal to um, to open carry, which they already were for long guns. They already it was already legal, but this is also handguns without a license. So, mm-hmm. um, you so know, you could walk carry. around with a rifle if you wanted to in Texas. Well, yeah, but now you can do a rifle. Rifle's always been, been right. Um, been able to do that, but the but now you can do it with a handgun. Um, and so uh, uh, you uh, you're not you don't have to have a license to do it. A license mm-hmm. will no longer be carried as long as the owner is not barred by state or federal law from having a gun. Um, mm-hmm. As of now, um, applicants have to submit fingerprints, take four to six hours of training and pass a written exam and a shooting test. But that's right. that's being taken away. So um, anybody can open carry for any reason in Texas. Right. And you say open carry. That means and uh, they can't have the, the gun hidden. It has to be on the outside of their body in a holster or literally in their hand. Right. That is my understanding. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is like I don't know. I always have this vision of like you could carry long guns around. And so they just, you know, on the sides of their grocery carts, they have a gun rack. So you can lay your rifle there while you push it up and your cart up and down the aisles. <laughs> that would be very Texas. In fact, if I owned a grocery store in Texas, I would probably put little hooks on the sides of my carts just for fun. Say, <laughs> so what's that for? Well, you can hang your purse there, but it's really a gun rack. <laughs> Welcome to Texas. <laughs> yeah that's funny so mm-hmm. um so yeah so what it essentially what it does is it, it bars um law enforcement from questioning someone solely because they had a gun now, like they're doing something um mm-hmm. if they're doing something wrong the, the the officer can certainly approach them and and mm-hmm. ask you know and find out yeah. who they are to find out if they're barred from having one but yeah um yeah just the fact that you're walking around with your gun doesn't mean that you are necessarily suspicious, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Well, and it is Texas. So, yeah. That's right. That makes, I, uh, that makes, makes sense within the scope of the, of the, you know, at least of the general public understanding of Texas. Which is probably yes. a caricature of reality, but that's okay. You know, they think <laughs> they think we all walk around in flip flops and say, "Hey, dude," um, you know. Too, I mean, they say they. The rest of the country tends to have a pretty caricature based version of what it is to be a Californian. Yes, uh, it's true. You know, Texas is a big place with a lot of different cultures and their various towns, but um, right. Um. So, yeah. Um. I know I, I, I seeing people, some people get really stressed out. I've, I've, I think I've, I've talked about, um, you know, I've had conversations with Californians who have said, Oh, you know, that so-and-so had a, had a gun on his hip. And I'm like, so was he shooting? Was he pointing it at you? No, it was in his, on his, you know, it was holstered. Well, then what do you care? Yeah. You know, and people get uptight about it. I'm like, I don't care. I mean, if there's a guy waving it around, that's one thing, but if he's got it holstered, then I think 
that has more to do with what what is the norm for where you're at. You know, it's like you know there are places in Europe where where there are topless beaches and and it's just the norm there. Whereas here, that's a thing, and so we're we have more of an issue with it. Right. Right. It's just what the norm is where you live in California. We don't see people walking around with guns, you know, on their hip. Um, and so if we see that, it, it, it seems out of place for us. Uh, so I have a, a mini panther on my lap who ha. is aggressively snuggling. <laughs> yeah, aggressively. <laughs> I know that I know that game. Yeah, I have a wiener dog that comes over and starts like pushing you with his nose you know i think anybody who has dogs knows that move that's a that's a standard dog move right it's like hey hey i'm here and they shove you with their nose because that's what they got to do it with although i do have one dog that won't do that he never pushes anything with his nose in fact you even when he does the dog door he like puts his nose down and pushes with his head i guess he just has a sensitive nose interesting he, he headbutts it and when he wants your attention he'll either give you sad eyes or if he's really really motivated he'll like tap you with a paw but he, he does not push anything with his nose. Yeah, that's Lincoln. He's never been a he, he's never been nosy. But uh, Grant opens doors and headbutts you and walks into you because he's blind. He does that all the time. <laughs> he's like, oh, there's somebody here. Didn't know that. Yeah, crazy dogs. Dogs and kitty cats—they're wonderful things. So um, I'm just going through our like uh, topics that we had put uh, up on the uh, on our uh, talking points list to see if there's anything we didn't. Uh... I think we got oh, everything. We missed the um, yearbook story. So um, uh... a school um, in Florida had basically told people that hey, if you don't follow the dress code uh, for your senior photos, that we will edit them. And so when the yearbook came out, guess what? They edited them. And so their, their dress code said that you had to cover up any cleavage and that you had to have your shoulders covered. You could not wear strapless or, or, um, or, or, or like spaghetti strap dresses. You needed to have your shoulders covered or tops. And uh, this seems to be mostly pointed at women uh, as opposed to young women rather than or girls. I don't know. Call them whatever you want. Um, some of them are 18, so they're adults. Um, uh, and so about 80 different people had their photo edited. And so they would like basically, it looks like a, a black line basically drawn around this scoop neck dress so that you can't see and anything, any kind of cleavage or see you know, that, that this woman has, has, has breasts. Um, it, it's, uh, I mean, part of me says, hey, you know, that's the policy. They told you up front this is what it was. But I look at what they did to edit it, and I'm like, you know, wh why are you editing that? <laughs> that's just, you know, that that's the shape of human beings. There was nothing um, out of out of norm or appropriate that you wouldn't see walking down any street in America. So I can see some parents being a little upset, too. So... But, you know, and as far as it's usually women's bodies that are that are it's true. I mean, you know, how many, you know, the guys when they're sent home for dress code in high school, it's usually because the T-shirt's inappropriate or. Yeah. Something or like their that. boxer shorts are out because they're wearing their pants at their, you know, knees. Right. Exactly. But then it's just pull up your pants, dude. Right. Um, <laughs> Take the hoodie you know, off your head. Right. That was always yes. a good one, too. Yes, Exactly. Um, but, but for, for the, for the girls, it's, it's cover up. Um, 
um, and I and I and I understand that because uh, they they have an idea that the boys are interested in them when they're showing off their bodies, but they don't. I don't think they really understand because how could they? Um, yeah. About how distracting that is um, uh, for the young men, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the teenage boys. Well, it's one thing in class. It's another thing to go through their yearbook. And I don't know if you clicked on the link to see some of the pictures, but it's like I'm I'm not where they're drawing the line, I think, is sometimes um, a little wrong is all I'm saying. Um, You know, I guess it's by the letter of their rules. I'm sharing one of the pictures with you and how they uh, uh, digitally altered it, except that's not the best example of it. See if I can get a better one. Uh, where they actually show where they drew a line across a girl's top to cover up the fact that she has cleavage and and well, you know she's she looks like a you know a high school kid she's got boobs that's that's yeah. that's <laughs> yeah heaven forbid All right that a you know a uh, and again I don't know if she's 18 yet or if not adult a very soon to be adult woman would have breasts oh my gosh call you know <laughs> alert the news um yeah i i just yeah i don't know um i mean i understand that they have policies and they said what they were um and and you know people are expected to follow those policies you know the for girls their their policies is tops and shirts must cover the entire shoulder they must be modest and not revealing or distracting Midriff or cut-out dresses or cut-out tops may not be worn. Extremely short skirts are not allowed. Skirts must be no shorter than four inches from the top of the knee. Um, You know, um, hair shall be clean and well-brushed. Extreme hairstyles will not be acceptable. Gang graffiti is not good. Tank tops and shirts are not acceptable except in physical education classes. Uh... Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, you know, they're not allowed to wear backless shoes. Um, Beachwear is pro- prohibited. So, why I mean, did they just give them uniforms for crying out loud? Yeah, sound, sounds like it. Um, you know, and they say the name of the school um, here, and it was like it sounds almost like this is like a private school. It's not a. And and then okay, it's First Coast Technical College must follow dress code regulations established by each occupational department. So they're calling it First Coast Technical College, which that doesn't sound like a high school, and yet they said this was a high school. Uh, Bartram what? Trail High School's previous procedure was to not include student pictures in a yearbook they deemed a violation. So this is Bartram Trail High School. I'm not sure why then they had this other technical college thing. Maybe it's a there. maybe it's a small learning community within the high school. Yeah, because you know, comprehensive high schools are massive. Right. Yeah. So basically what they're doing, the school has said, look, you know, if you're not happy with the photo of your child, then return the book and we'll refund your $100. Because it was $100 to buy the book. But they're saying, you know, we stand by our our enforcement of our policies. And if you don't like it, send your kid somewhere else, I guess, is sort of the bottom line. I, I'm so. just of the opinion, though, that they if they're going to be this, this rigid just mm-hmm. just pick pick uniforms. Have the kids wear uniforms. I agree. I agree. You know, I mean, I, I have taught it at private high schools, and one did not, and one does have uniforms. And quite honestly, um, I'm kind of, at the, at, originally I would have said I probably wasn't for the uniforms, but 
Um, the flip side of that is it also takes a whole bunch of like, you know, social climbing away because, you know, the, the, the families who can afford it are all wearing, you know, the kids come in wearing designer things and they're and other kids can't afford that. And it, you know, it just, it creates expectations and, and, and competitions amongst kids as to, you know, who, who has what and where they, you know, what kind of thing they have and their, their clothes are. And it takes that all away and just says, look, you know, you know, you can wear the shorts or the longs. You can wear the long sleeve shirt or the time. You can wear the skirt. You know, here they are. You can mix and match the parts and pieces of the uniform any way you want. Here's the here's the uniform, um, and everybody wears the same thing. And so that's you know it's it's a non-issue. And getting ready in the morning is a non-issue. It's like you pick the one that's clean. You know, it doesn't matter. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now Tobin is one. He doesn't like uniforms. He doesn't think mm-hmm. they should have uniforms in schools. I, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion, like I said, that, that the uniforms are good, that it just, it gets rid of that, all of, all of this nonsense, you know, um, yeah, you know, and I know that girls could still hike up skirts and, you know, things like mm -hmm. that, but it's not, it's not the same as having the kids choose their own clothing. I agree. I agree. And, you know, it, it, it also, um, there's a certain sense of like, okay, when you put on this uniform, this is now, now you're in the mindset. It, it helps with the mindset of like, you know, it's part of the reason militaries wear uniforms is because, you know, when the uniform is on, now you're going to work, right? When the uniform is on, now yes. you're going to school. And, and, you know, when you get home, you take the uniform off and now you can go do what you want to do. Right. But when the uniform is on, that yes. just kind of says, this is what we're focused on. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've kind of come around, you know, like I said, there's a reason that militaries, you know, wear uniforms. It's not just to identify, um, you know, specific ranks and, but it, it, it's to identify you with the, with that body and group of people and the job at hand. And, uh, and it makes sense. So yeah, all else being equal, I would probably vote for uniforms these days. But uh, they actually did put that to vote while I was at the um, uh, first school, and uh, it narrowly lost in terms of uh, switching to uniforms. But uh, it was fairly close, and uh, I don't know that they ever brought it back up again or haven't since then, but I'm no longer at that school. I switched to one that has uniforms. But, yeah, just seeing it, I think that makes, uh, you know, just seeing how it works and how it works within the school – um, I've sort of, they won me over because I originally had said, no, I didn't think it was a good idea. So, so with that, we are out of time. I'm Aaron Brinker. And I'm Todd Brinker. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.